In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It happens sometimes at a large church like ours that people confuse our clergy with one another. It happens quite often, in fact, that people mistake me for my wonderful colleague, Canon Holder. When Canon Lauren Holder preaches, I get compliments on the sermon every time. When her children are especially endearing or well-behaved in Sunday school or children's chapel, guess what? I get compliments. Of course, I think they're endearing and well-behaved all the time, which may be clue number one that I am not their mother. (laughs) So I feel I should begin by clarifying that I am not Lauren Holder. If you've ever confused us, though, please don't feel bad. You're clearly not alone. What's more, I love it. It is a compliment to be confused with her or any of my colleagues. Sometimes I don't even bother to correct the mistake. I just smile and say thank you. Sometimes when I'm embarrassed by something I've done or said, I would love for you to mistake me for Lauren or anyone else for that matter. Indeed, there are plenty of days when I wish I could hide behind someone else's name or voice or words. Plenty of days when I wish for what I see in someone else's life or someone else's gifts. As a preacher, for example, I'd love to be as insightful and articulate as Barbara Brown Taylor or as funny as Anne Lamott. I'd love to have presiding Bishop Michael Curry's fiery passion or Richard Rohr's bottomless supply of content. He manages to send out an email at least once a day. But I don't because I'm not any of them either. And apparently I can't be, no matter how hard I try. Even though I've always heard, you can be whatever you want. Even though it's a common maxim, in this country at least, that you can do whatever you put your mind to. The sky's the limit, right? Well, Maybe not, at least not according to today's gospel. In this gospel, in the gospel of John, the story of John the Baptist begins by telling us and telling the big city priests and Levites that come out asking who he is, it begins by telling us who he is not. John is not the light. He's not the Messiah. He's not Elijah. He's not even the prophet. He is not the one to come. He is not the one everyone's waiting for. He's not even worthy to untie the thong of that one's sandals. 
And it's only after John has made all of this clear to them, maybe also to himself, it's only after he has made clear who he's not that he gets very clear about who he is and what he is about. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make way, make straight the way of the Lord. After John has put those other distracting titles and voices aside, after he has put those voices in his place, he finds his own. And he uses it to prepare the way, he says, for one who is among you already and who is coming after me and who is greater than I am. It's a very unusual and also very brave way to begin, isn't it? It's really brave, especially considering how little John knows about the details of what he's proclaiming at this point. That's right. If you read on in the gospel past where today's lesson ends, you'll see that it's not until the next day It's not until the next day that John sees Jesus for the first time in this gospel and recognizes him as the Lamb of God. In the same breath that he confesses, I myself did not know him. But I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. A second time then, John says, I myself did not know him, but I had a promise. I had a promise from the one who sent me that the one on whom I see the Spirit descend and remain is the one we've been waiting for, the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. No, John doesn't have it all figured out. He never claims to be the one with all the answers. Jesus is still being revealed to him and the world. The way of the Lord is still being made straight. John's own path is still unfolding. But John knows enough to start. John knows he's not all-knowing, he's not all-powerful, he's not the light, he is not the Savior, he is not God. And that helps John know who he is and what is his to do, today at least. To witness to the light that he does see, to tell the truth about what he does know, and to be honest about and okay with what he doesn't yet know. John knows that what is his today to do is to testify and preach and baptize, not as Jesus, but as John, just John. And most important, John knows the one who sent him. 
Most important, John trusts the one who sent him and the one who is coming. And his trust in that one, his faithfulness to that one, and to the call that he hears in this moment, prepare him. Make it possible for him to recognize Jesus when Jesus does show up. And to testify from firsthand experience, from John's own experience, this is the Son of God. John has this amazing ability to tune into the call of God and the call of his own life. And with that, he has this amazing ability to tune out all the noises that distract so many of us from our true selves, our God-given vocations. Those instructions, distractions include competition and comparison, the desire for approval or security or control or power, the pressure the pressure of so many choices and voices and expectations about who we should be, how we should live, what we should prioritize, what gifts are worth having. Pressure from without and from within to do what sometimes only God can do. I know for me, that pressure is especially intense and can feel overwhelming when I'm faced with suffering or injustice. Perhaps you feel it then, too. We so want to be able to provide answers, solutions, comfort, don't we? We so want to make it all better, especially for the people we love. We so want to be able to make it all better on our watch. And we may convince ourselves that we can, or at least that we're supposed to be able to. If we just try harder, talk louder, learn better techniques, have more faith, we can achieve the change we are seeking in the world, in others, in ourselves. But sometimes, Sometimes we just can't. Sometimes all we can do is stay present in the darkness and trust that the light will shine in the darkness and that the darkness will not overcome it. It is humbling, of course. It is humbling to not be able to do all the good that we want to by ourselves. It's humbling to admit our limits. It's humbling to admit that we have limits at all. It's humbling to give up the project of controlling the light or being the savior or living lives that look and sound great but aren't ours. But as John shows us, it is freeing also. Humility is freeing. Knowing yourself, knowing who God created you to be is freeing. 
when you recognize that you can't do and be all things and that you don't have to, guess what? You are freed and you are empowered to do the good that you can do, to offer the gifts you do have to offer, to witness to the light that you do see and that maybe no one else can see but you, the light that maybe no one else would see without you. You are free to celebrate, not compete with, but celebrate the light you see in others. You are free to show up as you are and to invite, to allow others to do the same. Accepting, I believe, that God created you this way and not that, Accepting that God has called not just you, but also others, may just be the beginning of receiving and living into and offering the one true, beautiful, precious life that God has given you and that no one else can live but you and that the world really needs. Amen.